Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, it's Monique, and this is episode 111 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this show, I love to present veganism from a practical perspective to help everyday people go vegan in a way that feels good to them. I also love to talk about overall wellness topics and vegan entrepreneurship because this is so much more than food. This is truly a lifestyle. You can find out more about what I do and how I do it at brownvegan.com. And also be sure to hang out with me on Instagram. Let me know what you think of this episode. I'm at brownvegan.com over there. So in today's episode, I have a returning guest. Tracy McCorder has been on the podcast. This is actually her third appearance. Go back and make sure you listen to episodes 34 and 80 when she appeared on both of those. So Tracy is back on the show because she has this dope program that she wants to tell you guys about. And of course, I am all for it. It's her 10,000blackveganwomen.com program. We're going to talk about why she decided to start this program, what you can expect for it. It's actually free right now. So definitely make sure that you go to the website at 10,000blackveganwomen.com to sign up. So in this 21 day fresh start, Tracy will outline meal plans and videos and exercise and nutritional advice, all of the information you need to start a vegan journey. So Tracy has been a vegan for 33 years. And so we're going to also discuss some of the shifts that she's seen over the last several decades on this journey. We also chat about some of the reasons people don't embrace a vegan lifestyle. I really love her perspective on that and the health crisis in the black community and why we need to have more attention on that from a national level. As always, all of the show notes and everything we mentioned in this episode can be found at brownvegan.com under episode 111. Also, be sure to sign up for Tracy's program. It's 10,000blackveganwomen.com. So yeah, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right into the conversation. Of course, this is the third time you're on the show. So tell us, just in case someone hasn't listened to the previous episode, just quickly tell us like an overview of who you are and what you do, Tracy. Well, thank you for having me back again. It's always great to be talking to you. And I'm a public health nutritionist. I've been a vegan for 33 years. I'm an author. And I'm a speaker. And this work is my passion, teaching people how and why to go vegan. And I focus on African-Americans and Black women in particular. Yep. 
That's good. So what have you noticed over the last 30 years as far as some of the big shifts? Because I feel like, of course, you were vegan before it was considered something because it's not even really considered mainstream now. But at, at least I feel like people are familiar with it more so than they would have been 30 years ago. So what are some of the shifts that you've seen in the movement? Yeah, for sure. People are more familiar with it. And, you know, there is this Pew Center stat that came out that said that African-Americans are the fastest growing vegan demographic, 8% vegan and vegetarian, 8% of us are vegan and vegetarian as compared to 3% of Americans overall. So that is a big shift just in terms of the amount of people, but that's also consistent with, with other research from earlier years that Black folks are actually leading the charge when it comes to being vegan. And that has been my personal experience because that's who I learned it from 33 years ago. So I would say that the biggest shift is, yes, people are more familiar with it. More people are eating vegan, whether or not it's 100%. And the, just, from the, just from the fact that there are more terms now, like flexitarian, reducitarian, you know, people wanting to say plant-based instead of vegan shows that people are wanting to expand the definition so they can be included among folks who are, who are eating this way. Mm -hmm. So I just think there's a consciousness shift that has happened for sure. Definitely. Definitely. So I know that the first time we connected was at DC Veg Fest, probably what, six years ago at this point? maybe yeah. a little longer. And I read your book before I knew who you were. And I just always felt like you've always been so open and so kind to me. And I always appreciate our connection over the years. So I know that the, speaking of your book, I know that this is the anniversary or it just passed, right? Uh, by any greens necessary, the anniversary is coming up for the 10 year. Yeah, this is, yeah, this, and I feel the same about you. So thank you for, for saying that. And yes, this is the 10 year anniversary, 2020. It, mm -hmm, it sure is. Crazy. And I, I remember, know. <laughs> you ever, I know, cause you are, you have what, is it two books or three at this point? I have two books by Any Greens Necessary and Ageless Vegan that I wrote with my mom in 2018. And mm -hmm. then we have the African American Vegan Starter Guide that came out in 2000. 16 and that I did with Farm Sanctuary. And that one actually has been downloaded and ordered the hard copies 500,000 times. So I'm really known for that one. I know. And that's a free guide as it should be. That's, that was the point. Yeah. I feel like your business, of course, because of Pre-COVID, I felt like you did everything off, not everything offline, but you were no more so offline and you traveled a lot. So how has that been as far as a shift? Because this year has been wild compared to previous years of doing your work. So how has it been as far as making that, that pivot, I guess, from being offline to online? Well, I was pivoting to more online anyway. I had already started to be at home more and do more online consulting programs, things like that. And that was just a personal choice that I made. But yes, all, you know, leading up to, to probably 2019, I was out traveling, like you, like you said, speaking, doing public in-person programs. And when my mother and I went on book tour for the second book, we were on tour for off and on for a year. Mm. And it was a lot of fun and it was a lot of work. 
And after that, I really wanted to be home. <laughs> I wanted to stay <laughs> home for a while. <laughs> I don't blame so you. So I was just, yeah, I was really, you know, I had, I had already started the process. So fortunately for me, it didn't, you know, and everything went online in terms of, of, you know, being able to speak at conferences and summits and things like that. So the speaking, that didn't change. And actually, you know, it's the lining, if there is one, is that, you know, we can reach more people at once by doing things online. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm actually surprised that I miss the the one-on-one interactions in person, though. I'm surprised because I'm usually like a homebody, but I actually miss traveling and going to these different events and things like that more than I expected. It, yeah, I can see that. I, I mean, I think, you know, there's cer- there are certain ones that you go to every year, like DC Veg Fest or, you know, the new one in Brooklyn. Black Veg Fest, they're just, you know, and others, they're just, uh, you know, the one in Canada that, that you and I have both been to. That was amazing. They're, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, that can't really be duplicated. Those, those experiences are really renewing, inspiring for longtime vegans, new vegans. And, you know, we kind of need to be in this at the center physically because most of the rest of the year we're not. And th- those things are sustaining. So yes, I do miss I do miss that too. Hopefully, it'll come back sometime soon. Yeah, I wonder. I'm trying. To, I'm just thinking about what 2021 will look like during because I feel like the veg the vegan season is the spring and summer when everybody's doing all the different festivals and everything. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if we'll be in like a safer place then. Will people feel safe enough to go to those things? So I'm just curious about that. And I'm just thinking also about how all of these businesses, like you said, people have been able to transition to do like the the summits online and conferences and things like that. But I, I just wonder, like, are we going to be in that? Are we, are we going to stay there for the next few years or are we going to be able to kind of go back out and on the road like we did before? Just wondering. I don't know. I don't know. I wonder too. It's hard. It's hard to say. And it, I mean, it's it's really hard to say right now. There's so much conflicting information. Well, I guess maybe just speculation at this point. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and, I, and it all depends on who's elected, you know, <laughs> has a lot to do with where we'll be. So we don't know. Yeah, that's a very good point. So mm-hmm. how is your mom doing? Because I know you guys did Ageless Vegan together, which mm-hmm. is an amazing cookbook. How's she doing through all of this? Because I always wonder about it because I know my mom, the reason I want to know is because my mom is older as well. And she has not really been out a lot this year. And I feel like it's her. My mom has always been somebody I felt like has always been very, um, she doesn't let a lot of things get to her. And I just feel like this has been a very, very difficult year from her for her. I feel like she's even dealing with some depression. She's not really saying that, but I'm getting that from her. And she's used mm-hmm. to traveling and just doing a lot of things outside. And because of everything that's going on and she has an underlying condition, of course, she doesn't want to be out and about like everyone else. So how's your mom doing? Uh, thank you for, for, you know, just sharing that. That's what a lot of people are going through, especially older women, you know, older people, period, because they know that they're more susceptible, right? Mm-hmm. So we might we might be able to take more risks, you know, calculated risks going to different things, but you know, they have to be so much more cautious. So that in itself is stressful. And, and for my mom, my mother was always out. She was out twice a day at her exercise classes at her senior center. She taught quilting at her senior center. 
she was just always, you know, volunteering. She was just always active and out. And so this has been a huge change. You know, my sisters and I have really tried to help her to feel more comfortable to do things outside, but still respect the fact that, you know, she's 84 and she's at higher risk and she may not want to do things. So we have gone to the Arboretum and walked, you know, gone to a grocery store a couple of times, you know, that kind of thing. But it's just so different. And yeah, I can, I can, I can see that it has had an effect on her. And especially now that it's getting colder, Mm -hmm. you know, she does walk every day though. I mean, she still gets out and walks six days a week in the morning. That hasn't changed. So that's really helpful. And we're actually getting together today for my birthday. But happy birthday. Oh, I didn't know you were Libra too. Oh my goodness. Oh, you are too? Yes, my birthday is next week. Oh, my birthday is when you what? I didn't know that. You're the 29th. Yes. Oh my goodness. Happy birthday. (laughs) Happy birthday to you. (laughs) What are y'all doing? You say y'all are getting together later? Yeah, so it's 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 a COVID birthday though. You know, I'm 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 gonna be 54, so it's not like a big birthday like I do the zeros and the fives big. So this is just a, a, a reason for us to get together. My oldest niece just had a little one and we haven't seen him. And well, I have, but, but my, my, my sister, one of my sisters and my mom and one of my nieces, they haven't seen him in person yet. So this was a, a reason for us all to get together, but we're going to be wearing masks. We're going to be, you know, distant. We, we're not hugging, you know, like we're huggers and that's we, the worst you know, and close. it's challenging. That's, that's, I was just using that as as an example. And it's, you know, this is, my mother had to really think about whether she wanted to do it. I mean, she wanted to do it, but whether she felt comfortable being in a big, great room and and us all being together like that. So, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. And I knew like uh, last month, last month was my dad's birthday and we had like a social distancing mm. little get together at my parents' house. And it was like 20 of us and my parents have a, a very nice size yard. So it was easy for us to do that there. And I mm-hmm. hugged my mom for the first time since like March. And like, yeah. she, would, I couldn't believe that I was finally getting a hug from her. And I just didn't, the, just the little things, cause we're a hugging family too. So all the little things that we took for granted before, mm-hmm. it was just like, man, and so I definitely get that. So I hope you guys have fun. You'll get, you will have fun being together. So that'll be good. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So of course, the reason why we are here, the reason why I wanted you back on the podcast is to talk about your new initiative, which is 10,000 Black Women, your 10,000 Black Women program. So tell us why you decided to do this and just keep, just, just take it away, Tracy, do your thing. <laughs> tell us about okay. it. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So it's 10,000 Black Vegan Women, and it's a free online program where I'm helping 10,000 Black women go vegan in 2020. And I came up with the idea because I wanted to celebrate the 10th anniversary of By Any Greens Necessary that we were talking about. And I, after our book tour, I was trying to think of something to do next that was inspiring for me and, you know, something that would be exciting and just different. 
And that was, you know, doing a cookbook, it's a lot of work. And, you know, and it was a whole like two and a half, three year process from start to finish, including, you know, the tour. So it was fun. It was great, but it was exhausting. And I just wanted to, to really take some time and figure out what I wanted to do next. That would be really inspiring for me. So a friend of mine suggested that I meditate, do yoga, exercise, eat well, sleep well, help others. These are what I call my sacred seven and my self-care things that I try to do every day and, and express gratitude is the seventh one. And so he suggested that I do those things for every day for 30 days straight and that the, the answer would reveal itself the next step. And so, you know, sometimes you can get burned out after, you know, and after 30 years of doing this, I, this is, this is something that I want to continue to do, but, you know, but just, I really want to do it in a way that inspires me, as I said. So, and I couldn't figure out what that was. So after I did that for 30 days, this idea came to me to, to recognize the 10th anniversary of the book because I hadn't focused on it. You know, then I thought about this idea of helping women, a thousand women go vegan in a year for the 10th anniversary, right? 10, a thousand. And then a friend was like, well, why don't, that's easy. Why don't you just do 10,000? Which was, you know, more of a challenge. And so I took it on and I said, that's a great idea. And I got some funding support from different organizations that I have worked with before so that I could make it completely free. And so what it is, is it's a 21 day vegan fresh start. So we go vegan together as a, as an online community for 21 days in October, November, and December. And originally I soft launched it in February thinking that we would officially launch it in May and be going vegan every month until December. Then COVID happened and I pushed it back to October because at that time, we really thought it might be flattened. The curve might be flattened by the fall. And so I just kept that date. And, you know, and what I realized promoting it over the summer is that it's even more urgent now, you know, that people eat better because mm -hmm. Black folks are three times as likely to get the virus because of pre-existing chronic diseases that are usually diet-related, also stress, external and internal stress-related, but, but diet-related as well, three times more likely to get it, twice as likely to die than anyone else. And so because of these pre-existing preventable diseases. And so eating a plant-based diet is more urgent than ever. And so it, was, it, it, it turned out to be even more timely, necessary, urgent. Mm -hmm. So that's the program, you know, that it's, I'm providing kind of the, the tool, the resources, the program for people to do it. So there are meal plan, you know, the standard meal plans, recipes, grocery shopping lists, nutrition tips. We'll have weekly calls, free online fitness classes to complement and guest speakers online. So there, you know, there's a lot going on to just give people kind of an immersive experience while they, while they do it. And we actually hit our 10,000 mark this past Wednesday. Yay, and now congrats. we're, yeah, thank you. Thank you. So now we're at almost 10,500 because the doors are staying open. I mean, people can continue to sign up and, you know, it, it won't close, but that was the goal to hit before it starts October 5th. And, and so I'm, I'm glad that we did it. And people are, you know, really enthusiastic about it, which is great. 
Yeah. So what did you do to promote that? Because I feel like when I'm kind of like your friend, like, okay, a thousand would have been easy, but 10,000 is a true challenge. So what did you do to really put this out there to get people to sign up? So with the, with the help of these uh, organizations and, and the funding support, I was able to kind of get this small, mighty team together. So I have, you know, that are just doing the, the work, this hard work, promoting it, you know, part-time as consultants. So I have a publicist, I have a graphic designer, I have a social media person, I have somebody who is going to be doing the behind the scenes of the virtual meetings that we're going to be having twice a week during the program. And somebody who's helping me with admin and customer support. It's not really customer support, but participant support. We have a private Facebook group helping to manage that and helping to manage people's questions. So, you know, all of these folks I've been fortunate to get, you know, who know their, who know their stuff and can just dive right in. They're all vegan. And so, you know, there's no learning curve there. So that's how I've been able to do it. But primarily, you know, publicity, the publicist just really digging in and making sure that I got on all the local TV stations the the first and second weeks. So right off the bat, we got 2,000 people signed up. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so just continuing to use the media, we were in the Washington Post, BBC, Women's Health, lots of, you know, print and online and TV. And that's really, you know, radio podcasts like yours. So that's really what's been, what's been doing it. I just knew that I needed, you know, somebody to help promote it in that way because Mm -hmm. we were trying to get so many people at that time between February and May. So we had a really short window. So I knew that it it would take a, like a real burst out there. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. What do you think prevents a lot? I mean, because you've talked to so many people over the years, you've had so many coaching clients and you just met so many people on this journey. What do you think prevents people from going vegan? What are some of those main factors that you think contributes to that? So it's really a good question. And it, and it's more than one thing you do this work. I have been doing it for a while. And so, you know, it depends on, I mean, we, in general, I think that there's lack of, people have different information, right? Like you have, people don't know about why eating this way, eating vegan food, why eating plant-based food is healthy. It's healthier than what they're doing because, you know, where would they get this information? They may understand that they, you know, can, should eat less meat, but to give it up completely, to give up dairy completely, why would they do that? Like there's, where would they get that information? Not from their doctor, not from their schools, you know, so they don't have access to the same information. That's the, that's the first thing. And, and a lot of people are often like, well, who are you to tell, who are you to know this? And I don't know it. You know what I mean? And there's some, and that's just the truth. There's some skepticism there, right? You are telling me to do something that everybody in this society and this government and my doctor and everyone else says I should be doing what I'm doing. And you're telling me I should be doing the opposite. You know, so there's a lot of that, just not believing, not understanding based on different information. When people get the information though, if they're able to get it in a way that for me breaks it down, that talks about not only the health issues, but the the social justice issues around food and food industry targeting of black and poor people, black, brown and poor people. 
you know, like this whole context around it, which is how I teach it. People then get it that it's like any other institution in this country, health, housing, jobs, education, politics, food and health, that, you know, this is by design that we are being targeted and we don't have access to the healthiest, the best information, resources, food, all of that. Mm -hmm. So once people understand that, they instantly, in my experience, want to do something, want to take some step. So I really think that that's the main barrier there, just not having the information and then not being presented to them in a way that is that resonates. connects. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That connects. Yeah. And it just makes it's lot that it's logical. It's not magical. It's logical, you know? And then that's the health aspect of it, but the justice aspect of it, there's also the environmental factors. There's, you know, animal rights. So there, you know, there are other parts and people enter into it. There's spiritual reasons for many people. So people enter into it from different angles and then evolve. And, and my experience has been kind of take up most of them as they, you know, stay vegan longer. And then they're, you know, just like smokers, they're going to be people who know that it's unhealthy, but they still want to smoke. And that is going to be the case. But I think that the majority of people are going to eat less meat and are going to eat more plant-based. I do too. I used to feel like in the early days, I said the early days, like it was so, so long ago. But when I first became vegan, I used to feel like, oh my gosh, this food is so good. This is amazing. I got to tell people about it. Everybody has to be vegan. And the more I'm on this journey, the more I'm like, well, I don't know if everybody necessarily has to be vegan. However, I feel like it's my my duty to let them know that they should eat more fruits and vegetables and show them how to make that mm-hmm. happen. So I don't really feel like it has to be an all or nothing anymore. And I think that that is how I would be able to reach more people is if I come from a place of like, hey, this is an option. Like you said, here's the information. Here's how it relates to you. And, and it's good too. The food's good. So I think... That um, perspective, yeah, will really, really help more people. Okay, do you remember that time we went to an event? I think it was like four years ago. Maybe it wasn't that long. And it was at the Marvin Gaye Community Center in D.C. And gosh, who was there? Mm. It was like chefs and they had music and it was a free event and it was so bomb. And you spoke there. Do you remember this? This it wasn't it wasn't Veg Fest. No, was it? it was actually I think put together. No, not hip hop green. That, hip hop is green. Is that it's called? Oh yes, 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 yes. I think yes. Hip hop is green. Yes, hip hop yes. is green. It was I so do, good. Of course. Okay, so you spoke it was there. Fantastic. Yes, yeah. and the thing that stood out to me from that that speech that your talking points. The thing that really stood out to me is the part when you said that how there's so much violence in our community and we we like to talk. You didn't say we like to talk about, we, we talk about pro, uh, police brutality. We talk about just mm-hmm. injustice is like you said, like you were saying, as far as education and other things in our community. But one of the things we don't spend enough time talking about is food and how that affects us more than gun violence and other things as well. And so that even all these years later, that really, really stuck with me. So <laughs> yeah, if you want to touch on some of the things as far as, you know, social injustice, just as a community, anything that you want to share about yeah, all of that has always been prevalent, but I think that it's just a little more, it's spoken about a little bit more because of social media. So what do you want to can say about that? Because I felt like that, like I said, it stuck out to me when you said that years ago. Yeah, I, thank you for that. I do talk about that a lot because, you know, they're both crises, right? Police, and they're both preventable crises. Pre- police brutality, preventable. 
dying from the food that we eat preventable. So I think that there's anywhere between 1,000 to 3,000 people who are killed by police every year, right? Particularly people who are unarmed. So you have, let's say it's one to, it's, say it's 3,000, right? Then you have 300,000 African-Americans who die of primarily diet-related diseases every year, more than 800 a day. So we know about the police brutality. We know about the police killings. We're in the streets. We're protesting. We're demanding. You know, there, there have been organizations, community-based organizations, who have been doing this work for literally decades, generations, right? You know, as we should, we know about this. We've been doing this work. And yet, most people don't know that, that 300,000 Black folks die every year from primarily diet-related chronic diseases, more than 800 people a day. That is literally like a plane, a commercial jet crashing into a mountain every day full of Black people, every day. And where is the out, where is the national outcry about that? That so that to me, it's you know, it's not a comparison game, but it's a necessary comparison because they're both preventable tragedies, crises, public health issues, and the same people who are out in the streets marching, protesting, and who are in and who are doing policy work, who are you know protesting and resisting and organizing in various ways against police brutality are then going to fast food places or going home to eat meat and dairy, right? And hastening their own deaths. And they, this connection is not made, again, because most people don't have the same information that, that you and I have. Yeah. And so this has long been a, an issue for me because when my sister and I and my mom first went vegan in the, in the 80s, we were going down to protest, the, I think it was the, the, the first Iraq war, in the, the late eighties, early nineties and with our friends and, you know, with organizations. And then afterwards they would go to McDonald's, a lot of them, or go to Burger King or, or, you know, something like that. And, and that's when we started to make the connection, right? Mm-hmm. Back then that, that, you know, we were like, well, why don't you come with us to, you know, soul vegetarian or everlasting life or something like that. Right. It was just so hard to watch people do that after they were protesting death and mm-hmm. violence, you know? And so this is a thing, this is something I've been talking about for a very, very long time because it's just so stark and obvious to me. And I just want, you know, I want there to be more of a national outcry and work done around that. And people are, you know, people are doing the work. You know, we, we've been doing the work, our organizations, our colleagues. For, for generations, but it just doesn't have the same level of attention nationally that it should. And, you know, the, the simple fact is 10 times as many people are affected by the food that they eat. Yeah. So. so true. I'm so thankful that you said that. I thought, I think this is just so timely. I'm so thankful that you're here to share that. So, Tracy, before we wrap up, let us know some tips. I feel like I've probably done this in the previous episodes that we've done together, but just in case someone has someone hasn't listened to those episodes, or maybe you have new tips. What are some tips that you have for someone who is thinking about going vegan and they don't know where to start? You know what? It's all good. It's evergreen. These tips that we offer, they're consistent, and that's a good thing, you know, mm-hmm. because they work. So for me, I think. 
the first thing is to really know your why. I mean, you, you talk about that a lot too, like know why you want to go vegan and work back from there so that you have a strong foundation to stand on when, you know, you kind of take two steps forward and one step back. So be strong and why you want to go vegan. Is it for better health? Is it to lose weight? Is it for the environment for to save the planet? Is it for the animals? Is it spiritual reasons? A combination of these things. You know, be really strong about that. Read about it. Listen to podcasts about it. Watch documentaries and continue to do that as you as you choose to transition and start where you are. Every meal counts. So you don't, you know, if, if going 100% vegan right away is not for you, it's not for most people, just start eating vegan meals, just, you know, weekly, just start adding vegan meals to your routine during the week. And it will start to crowd out other, the meat and dairy, the other foods, and everything is working in concert. So reading, watching, listening to vegan information, eating more vegan meals and, you know, being solid in the fact that you plan to do this all makes a difference. So those are the things that I suggest. And then just get, you know, some of these free resources that are out here. There's so, so many. And my program is one, 10,000blackveganwomen.com is my free online program that starts October 5th. So folks can, can join us and, and sign up there. Yes. Tell us where we can follow you on social media. I'm at at by any greens on Twitter and on Instagram. And then on Facebook, I'm at by any greens necessary. Yes. Thank you so much for being on the show again, Tracy. I feel like we should just make this a yearly thing. You just come on. <laughs> yeah, should. sounds good. <laughs> Thanks again. Yeah. And hopefully we can see each other in person one of these days when things kind of calm down. So yeah. it'd be great. Yeah. That would be great. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. All of the show notes will be at brownvegan.com. So check those out. Also, let me know what you thought of this episode. Come hang out with me on Instagram. My handle over there is at brownvegan. Have a great day and I will talk to you next week. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., at Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose.
Parker, engineering your success.